Good day everyone, I am Matt Harrison and you are listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Geary's out there. La Rosaleda is still a broken home for Malaga as once again the home team are ponderous to say the least. It was an easy 2-0 win for Pomferradina this past weekend and that seems Malaga continue to struggle at home. This week we'll discuss whether it is Malaga's worst performance of the season and what went wrong again at La Rosaleda. On a more positive note, we have two guests this week. Earlier in the week, we were delighted to speak with Pablo Naveres, a.k.a. Brutaka, Malaga's very own professional FIFA player. And later today, we'll be joined by our good friend, Alex O'Brien, a.k.a. Alcocorn Alex, to talk all things Alcocorn as Malaga take them on this upcoming weekend. Um, we're not re- There's not too much news this week, so we're just going to fire through some stuff before we head into that interview that the lads did with Brutaka yesterday. I was not present, so I, I put it in their hands. It's a very interesting interview, though, from the life of a FIFA player, but I should introduce my fellow Geary casters first. Chris, how are you doing? Chris Marquez? Uh, I'm doing fine. Excellent stuff. You're not rioting over there in Holland, I hope? Uh, not yet. No, it is my turn so far. Okay. You never know what tomorrow brings. Well, we don't want to see you on the news, looting a shop or anything. Um, and you know, away from Holland, we have Ben Mays. Ben, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you? Excellent. I am very good. And finally, as always, Alex Ashmore. How are you, Alex? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Matt? I am great. Apart from obviously Malaga's efforts this past weekend, which we will talk about shortly. Uh, so a bit of news. Um, I, I didn't quite follow this story, so I'm going to sort of pass it over to Chris straight away. Uh, all I know, I've written down on my notes, Altani's cars. Something to do with his cars, but I believe there's much more important <coughs> things than just his cars involved here, Chris. Yes, the judge gave order to um, estimate the value of the club, of the shares of Altani, as well as three luxury cars and a motorcycle. That's it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so there was, yeah. So that, um, what effect does that have on the club? Just, I think it's the first sign of uh, the intention of the judge to sell it all. Oh, okay. That is a nice. Because before you can sell something, you know, you need to know the value of it. That is true. Good, good, good business savvy there from. Chris Marquez. Um, going back to another business, um, Ben Blue Bay. There's Blue Bay news again. Um, I only got back from work quite late this evening, so I saw the headline. But you know, elaborate on the Blue Bay story or latest for me. Um, so basically, I think it was a couple of months ago. Uh, the judicial administrator of Malaga, Jose Maria Munoz, um, allegedly said uh, that we had an irregularity in the payment of 2.65 million euros for the sponsorship that Blue Bay had to pay to us uh, to be sponsored on the back of our shirt. Um, and he said that that was never paid. Uh, Blue Bay have came out today and confirmed there's no such debt and they paid that 2.65 million euros. Um, it was the price that was set for the hotel chain to appear for two seasons on the back of the shirt. Um, and Blue Bay actually have come out and said that they can take, they can maintain their intention to re-sponsor Malaga at some point and they fully confirm that they're prepared to, to enter into a hypothetical capital increase and regret that the judicial processes are being delayed. So there you go, there's all the uh, 
I was going to say the boring businessy stuff related to Malaga, which I think I've said on here I hate talking about, but is sort of necessary with Malaga. But at the moment, I'm not sure if I want to talk about the the Ponferradina game, so maybe we should stick yeah, to business. Yeah, let's just talk business. Yeah, there, there is a little bit more business I can mention. I did read about, um, we won't go into detail about it, but they've said about the academy, the sports city that they are planning on building, which got to go ahead a couple of weeks ago now-ish. The first deadline to do the first phase, they expect it done by October. Um, you know, I think we've talked about the that quite a lot. And then just one other bit of news, and I forgot to mention this earlier. I've just remembered I wrote it down. And Have you guys seen about Sidiku? Yes. Yeah. How crazy is that? So um, do you want to tell us where he's gone, Chris, just quickly? To uh, Bolivar. Yeah, he's in, gone. Uh, Bolivia. He has. He's gone to play in Bolivia. Which is yes. I was like, what? <laughs> That's <laughs> such a weird like league to go to. I mean, I, I think it is a weird division yeah. to go and play in, but... Um, I, I was trying to think of a joke like he's playing at New Heights because he's playing in La Paz, which is oh, so far above uh, sea level and altitude. But and the reason, you say it's weird, Ben, and I thought there must be a reason here, but um, he's playing for Nacho Gonzalez, whose Spanish coach used to manage Depo and Zaragoza. So I don't right. know what, what the project is there, but I've, I've literally just remembered it and I thought that was a fun transfer. I like random I mean, things. The team he signed for got promoted from the second league of Bolivia last yeah. season. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? There must be like it must be an upcoming project or something. Yeah, indeed. Um and yes, I suppose it's similar to Wampi going to the team that got promoted in Saudi Arabia. So yeah. That, all time. I, I thought I'd mention him. I'm wearing my Venezuela shirt as well, so I thought I'd get him in. And we could talk about some Venezuelans later as well. But before we talk about the reality of what went wrong for Malaga this past weekend. Let's go into talking about virtual reality first. Um, like I said, the three lads here, they spoke to Malaga's professional FIFA player, Pablo Naveres. And yeah, I'm just going to pass over to them. Here is their interview with Brutaka. <laughs> Joining us today is a very special guest. He is a professional e-sports player for UCAM and Malaga Club de Football. His name is Pablo Naveras Bernal, or Brutaca, which is his game attack. Hello, Pablo, and welcome to the podcast. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Um, I'm nervous. A long time I don't speak English, so sorry if yeah. I make a mistake or something very like that. So far. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Very good. Yeah, no, I mean, don't worry, so we're... we're we're just honoured to have you on. Um, so uh, let's get going, I guess. So first of all, why didn't you tell us how did you get into esports and specifically FIFA? Uh, yeah, I've been playing FIFA my whole life uh, since I don't know I was, you know, six or seven. With my first FIFA was FIFA. I don't know, maybe five, two thousand five or four, whatever. And I started uh, playing at top level. Uh, the last year was my first year as pro player. Uh, I played uh, the last year in Sporting Gijón, a very famous club. And the competition this year is very tough. We have the toughest group, you know, Group A and Group B. The group is very, very difficult. 
is so close. Anyone can win anyone, and I hope tomorrow we can win our first point. Well, we hope so too. I mean, we're, we've been looking over um, the the competition. It all seems very interesting. And you said your your first FIFA was oh five or oh six. Do you, do you remember a favorite player you had on on that FIFA? Yeah, I used to play with uh, Manchester United because Cristiano Ronaldo, Way Rooney, so so overpowered. Yeah, no, they're, they're some top quality players, and I play a little bit myself, so I, I remember. The, the good old days of United having a good team. So, um, yeah, and you said you, you played for Gijón last year, and um, so now you're at Malaga. What was your? How did you feel when you signed for for Malaga? What were your What were your thoughts on signing for the club? It's a it's a very important club in Spain. It's a lot of fans all over the world. It's a very important. Uh, I have some pressure because all these fans. I, I want to win. I make them happy and try to give the title. Now the title seems so, so far, but I hope improve in the season. And it's a long, long season. We play two, two matches every week and try to make six points. Yeah, I, um, I think, yeah, no, it's... It, it all seems. I mean, I, I know obviously, you know, the first team are you know going through a pretty pretty difficult patch at the moment. But I think you know, hopefully, both the esports team and and the first team can start picking up results. Yeah. Um, uh, right, right then, Pablo. Um, so, for those who may not know, how does e La Liga actually work? Uh, how is the competition? How, how does the format work? Uh, okay, uh, you have uh, at the start of the game to do a draft, to select the players you will play. You can choose uh, La Liga players like Messi or Dembélé and four icons, four legends in the game like uh, Nazario, Ronaldinho, Cruyff. And it's very important, the draft. I think I draft uh, pretty well. So the only problem with this system is that Ronaldo Nazario is so overpowered and you have Ronaldo Nazario on a coin toss because the player who win the coin toss select first and pick Nazario. Right, okay, so it's definitely so the coin toss definitely helps them with selection of your players. Yeah, and we don't want any coin toss yet. <laughs> so that maybe reflects your results so far, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so can you tell us more about the day-to-day life? I mean, what what is a normal day like for you during the season, and how much time do you actually spend training? Okay, I wake up uh, at nine or ten, and I train. Or if I don't have any place to train, because in the morning it's more difficult to find uh, training partners, I go to the gym and try to relax. And, and train like six, seven, maybe eight hours. Wow. Which is very tough mentally. And I don't know. Yes. I, it's frustrating because the results are no wins, but I, I don't lose in training. So I don't know what's going on. And it's so frustrating for me. I think the results will come soon. 
I mean, your games haven't been uh, too one-sided so far. I mean, you've definitely scored a lot of goals <coughs> so far. Like you say, you might have just been unlucky so far. Yeah, the problem with... Uh, I don't know how to say in English... Uh, definition on the box, yeah? Yeah. It's uh, in the first week versus Leganes and Mirandes, I had more opportunities to score a goal than my opponent, but I didn't make it. So it was right. a problem on the definition on the box. And it was a problem on the formation that I've been using because I uh, I had the fullbacks on balance, which is an instruction in the game that allows the, the fullbacks to go to attack. And, you know, there's a space on my defense with the fullbacks and they can go through pass to my defender and score in the counter-attack. Right, okay. So it's quite interesting that you say you haven't been able to finish your chances, similar to the Malaga first team this season. We've had a lot of chances recently and haven't been able to finish them. Um, but I'll let Alex ask you the next question. Um, so, yeah, obviously quite interested in the whole setup. And can you tell us more about, you know, your relationship and how things work with your with your coach, uh, Jesus Olmo Arevalo? Um, Jesus is working pretty hard to study our opponents and because uh, everyone makes some bad decisions in defense and in offense. Uh, for example, I have a very stupid thing that I go forward to press on the center backs, which creates an space and they score me goals. That's why because I'm the most uh, goals in the competition. Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm very silly and I'm trying to correct that. Uh, and the study is so important. And you also have to study the formation that uh, your your opponent is going to play because if he played three midfielders, uh, you have to consider that in the draft, he's going to pick three midfielders. And if you take the midfielders, the two best midfielders earlier, uh, the three midfielders that the opponent will have will be a lot worse. Okay. So, um, so tricky. Yeah, I guess it's all about these, these decisions are something you've got to, you've got to work through with your, with your coach. And, can you tell me a bit, bit more about um, David, uh, your, the substitute? Is he someone that comes in in case of a, a COVID, or is he? Is there always that substitute, uh, or is it just they, a recent thing? If something happened to me, like you know, for example, we go to the to play offline in the uh, league studios, and I test positive, you have to play, or if I am sick for anything, you have to play. And it's a very important support for me, but because you can trace something uh, new with him, uh, because if you try something that is too good, you don't want to show in trainings with your uh, opponents. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right, um, Ben. Do you want to do you want to take it away there? Yeah, so Pablo, you've mentioned some uh, tactics you use in your game so far uh, when playing FIFA. Is there any aspects of FIFA that you would improve or change? Uh, yeah, at the start of the competition in week one, I played with uh, pressure after position loss and my players drained too much stamina. And I was very weak in the last minute of the game in training. It was doing okay, but, you know, in competition, drain more stamina because the 
the position is more long. Right. And, and now I'm playing on dropback, more defensive, and try to get counterattacks. Oh, okay. Um, so do you have any tips on how we could improve at FIFA? I mean, I'm I'm all right at FIFA. I always beat my friends, but... Um, I, I am the worst tips? FIFA player. <laughs> <laughs> is there any tips that you would... I'm champion. <laughs> uh, the best tip is one that I don't follow, that is don't move your backs. Right, so okay. Keep the formation. I, I have to do that, but it's, you know... I go to press. I'm, I'm a bit similar to you. I know what you mean. Whenever someone plays out a goal kick on FIFA, my, my attack is always there, opens up the space. And yeah. I mean, a lot of my games with my, my brother are normally sort of like 5-5, five, 6-5, five, five, uh, just ridiculous score lines that you definitely wouldn't see in the professional game. <coughs> and talking about offensive, uh, attacking on the wings is so overpowered on FIFA because... The the defense is not very well. I don't know. It's so hard to to take the the crosses because it's so OP, especially the driven crosses. I, I feel I'm going to win uh, next next time I play FIFA. <laughs> because I hope so. I, I <laughs> this is this is a secret. I don't tell anyone. But when I play FIFA, I never choose Malaga because. Ah. Um, I, I don't want Malaga to lose, so I always pick another team. It's a good strategy. Because because I know I will lose, so Malaga never loses with me. I think that's that's a, I, I'm the same. Um, unfortunately, I can't use Yeovil on FIFA anymore because they're they're relegated. So, um, Pablo, could you could you tell us a bit about how things work at uh, Ulcam? Uh, is there a program for esports? How does it work? Yeah, there's a program for. Uh, they have uh, so many uh, athletes, Olympic athletes, in the university, and they change the the exams. Uh, if they have a competition, they don't have exams in that time, and they have uh, the same program with esports players. Okay, okay. And are you using uh, what console are you using when you're playing? Are you on a PS Five or PS Four? The official console for Eva Liga is. Uh, the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have a huge sponsor. Okay. And have you been using the latest one, the five? Uh, this year, we are forced to play on PS4, and the next year will be on PS5. And do you think the change will be different? Are you are you ready for the change? How do you feel about the change to PS5? This is a very Nice question, because uh, the network card on the PS4 is too old to the new, you know, every year the internet is better, and the new card on the PS5 is going to improve the gameplay and it's going to improve the show. Okay, well that's good. I think, I mean, I, I, I own a PS4 personally, so I think, you know, it'd be interesting to see how the change to PS5 does work. And, I mean, we talked about your tactics earlier. Do you get inspiration, where do you get inspiration for your tactics? Do you do you watch fo- real, like, real football or do you, do you watch other people play FIFA? This is a very nice question because to play good at FIFA, I had to forget 
all the things I knew about football that my coach taught me uh, in the beginning of my football career. Because it's a game and it's not a simulator, it's more arcade. So if you play like real football, you're going to lose because, you know, players can do something like a volley is more effective than uh, a shot normal on the box. And that's, you have to turn off your brain to play FIFA. But that must be hard to forget uh, everything you know about football as well. Yeah. But- were, were you a good footballer, Pablo? Yeah, I, um, I was playing till uh, party times, you know, right, okay. because playing with Hanover is not very good. Yeah, no, I've done uh, that a few times. <laughs> I was midfielder, a stopper like Gattuso with the with the touch of David Beckham. Oh, okay. Nice mix there. <laughs> hey, I had some problems with red cars in my yeah. life. <laughs> Sounds like it with Gattuso, but then you've got that nice classy edge like David Beckham. <laughs> so I, I have I have a question. Does a does a, a a professional FIFA player does does he also plays weekend league or yeah doesn't he care is, about yeah weekend league is very important to train and to get coins to improve your team. But in La Liga, we have uh, some the open accounts with every player unlocked. But it's so important to improve uh, your team. I usually do like uh, 27, 28, 29, so 30 wins. And it's very important. Wow. That that's, is that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I never made it to weekend league. <laughs> yeah, but there, there is some players. Uh, a kid from Denmark is uh, four hundred and fifty wins, and no, he never lose yet. Wow, on Fortune's, he's pretty wow. famous now. And um, he's only fifteen. Did you play with Hunter? Fifteen? Yeah, he's only fifteen. I'm. I'm seems pretty old. He's fifteen, and he's almost if hundred uh, wins wow. in a row. I have to. I have to retire. That's, that's, that's a bit depressing. That's what I hate about little children. Really, <laughs> I hate that about little children. They're always good in, in FIFA, Fortnite, every game I play. And and yeah. you hear your opponent talk. They're always little kids from ten years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Um, did you play with Hunter? What? With Hunter. Oh, the the journey. The Alex, journey, Alex Hunter, the game mode on FIFA. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, I know that I, I saw in in YouTube uh, some videos, but I only play Ultimate Team. I I can understand that. And career mode with Malaga. I, so who's your favorite yeah. uh, Malaga player on career mode then, Pablo? Uh, I, I don't know. They're very good. All I I don't know. I couldn't pick. One. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you now, um, now that you play for Malaga, do you also watch the Malaga football games? Sometimes, yeah, I have time to watch it. The last game I saw was versus Real Oviedo a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite Malaga player? <laughs> mm, I don't know. It's a it's a difficult choice. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to yeah. pick. I think yeah. I, I'd be hard pushed to pick one. I mean, um, I've been put on the spot a few too many times, and I can't answer either. So I wouldn't worry too much, Pablo. 
What's your favorite player, so have... Malaga player? If I had to pick one on the spot, I think I'd have to go with Pablo Chavaria. Uh, I think he's been wonderful this season, and he's uh, well, he's been the goal scorer for the team. So I'd, I'd have to go with him. Hmm. Nice. I, I would, I would definitely pick Romani. My, my favorite is actually our esports player called Pablo Navira. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> this is oh, yeah. the nice answer. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> great one, Ben. Yes. So you haven't been lucky, uh, but tomorrow you are playing against Alaves and Espanyol. Yes, I, th- I think that you have a great chance against Espanyol, definitely. And I, I also believe you can win against Alaves. You have to win against Alaves as well because they're very close to you on the table. What yes. do you think tomorrow? Is it going to be a bit easier or more difficult? Training, you know, uh, weeks ago, I shouldn't say that, but I will. I won both on training, but you know, the uh, the competition is very different. Very different. Uh, he will play uh, different than as training. I will too, and I don't know, but I think uh, I will go and win both games. I I hope. So, are you are you friends with the other esports players from other teams? Do you know them well? Yeah, yeah, we are very close. Not with everyone, but yes, we are like uh, friends with each other. Because oh, cool. if you are not a friend, you can train with anyone and your level go down. And you have to have a good mood and good relation with everyone to have so much people to train and become a great uh, player. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I think, uh, well, well said and everything. I think, I mean, uh, I, I admire how, how good you are at FIFA and I wish I could one day, you know, e- even... <laughs> Give it a go myself, but I, I don't think I'm capable of, of those sort of heights. So um, thank you very much, Pablo. It's got to be one of the best jobs in the world, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 So cool. It's a childhood dream, I think, for, for quite a lot of kids these days. Um, yeah. Thank you very much, Pablo. Um, good luck for tomorrow and the rest of the season. And, um, well, I, I hope everything goes well for you. And uh, vamos Malaga, I can say. Yeah, vamos Malaga. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. A long time I didn't speak English, so sorry if I made any mistakes. No, but, um, your English is brilliant. And, um, thank you. See you guys. Bye. Can we can we can we, can we um, uh, agree on something? Because um, the last sixteen or the last sixteen uh, best teams go to the playoffs, right? Yes. So if you make it to the playoffs, because I, I we believe in you. Yeah. Um, thank you. That's the spirit. Let's go. Yes, of course. I've seen you play FIFA. You're good. Uh, can we invite you again then on the podcast? Yes, anytime you want. I I've oh, been very funny. It's I like it very much. That's good to hear. Anytime you want. Joining us. Say guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye.
Once again, thanks to Brutaka for talking to us and for giving us an insight into the world of being a pro FIFA player. In that interview, Brutaka said that he's struggling to finish at the moment while returning from the virtual world to the harsh world of Malaga at the moment. Malaga are very much struggling to finish amongst many other problems. There is a lot of problems on show in this Ponferradina game. Uh, we'll maybe discuss, I think it was possibly our worst performance of the season so far, and we can perhaps talk about that. But as always, we'll go We'll go back to the beginning. Uh, I Forgive me, guys, I can't remember who text in our WhatsApp group. I've got a feeling all of us might have agreed, though. I've got a feeling it was you, Alex, said you think it was our strongest 11 on paper, and I think most of us agreed. Um, I, I definitely thought that. Okay. Um, I, I, I think I said that as well. I thought it was a really good lineup. Um, I think uh, I still still left to decide after that starting lineup who's best to go alongside Juande. Um, I don't know if I'd prefer Lomban or Scassi there. I know Lomban's our captain, but I'm not sure which one makes less mistakes, really. And I thought it was quite interesting to see Mejia's playing um, after he played well against Granada. Um, and I was hoping Gonzalez could bounce back from his poor performance against Granada. Yeah, I think that's a nice summary. Alex, was you know, was you happy with that lineup? Yeah, I think I was. I think it's obviously at this stage of the season we should be able to know our strongest lineup. And I think it, although it was you know it was pleasing to me that we could get a full strength lineup. You know, obviously injuries um, are being well. You know, we don't have many injuries these days. Um, it's just you know a bit sad that we can't perform with our strongest lineup. So maybe that isn't our strongest lineup. So yeah, I think time will tell whether that is our best lineup or whether we need to make some more changes. And Chris, I, I got the impression you were a bit more cautious about our enthusiasm. Is there? Did you see any weaknesses pre-match, or was there anything that made you think this this team might not turn up tonight? I thought it was a great. I I really was confident that we would get. a a minimal point out of it, but it was the strong uh, strongest eleven we could put on the pitch. But it, I don't know, they didn't have their night or something. Well, let's just go straight into the start of the game then, and I, I suppose I'll open this up to the three of you. Who who wants to take this question on? But um, I, I think we can all agree that from the first minute to the last, Malaga did not get going at all. There was very few positives to take from it. So. Even from the start, what would you say went wrong? I, I just, I just felt like we weren't really at, at the races. I, I don't think we were trying. We definitely wasn't giving in one hundred and ten percent at all in the game. Um, I think we had, we had, did generate a few chances, and I would say we maybe generated more chances than we have been doing recently. But just having a control in the game. I mean, looking at stats from it as well, we lost most of the balls in midfield. Lost the balls, lost the ball a ridiculous amount of times again. Um, aerials we've lost um, just individual battles we were losing throughout the whole game and, and they definitely deserve to win yeah totally agree they, um, um, you know and I, hopefully our friend Chris Pigeon is listen and listening and so well done to Ponferradina but I'd even say I don't know they, I didn't think they were like spectacular they were better than us in every area but I think it was quite easy to be better than us uh, Alex I mean, you, oh, go, on, go on Ben I mean, I think I think what they've done is they've done a they've done a job away from home. That that's how you'd want your team to play away from home. They haven't dominated the game at all. I mean, we had more possession than they did, um, but they've had more shots than us. And like I said, they have won more battles. So I, th- I think they just showed an ideal performance away from home, and they and they got the result. 
And as the commentator just kept telling us, he seemed to be obsessed with this was the first time Ponferradino were going to win at Malaga. He kept saying it. He's like, they're 10 minutes away from the first time they're going to win at Malaga. They're five minutes away. But yes, they, <laughs> I, I, I noticed that. He's like, he learned this one stat and he, he clung to it desperately. Alex, can you, can you give us a, a diagnosis of what went wrong in this this murder of Malaga? I think Ben Ben put the well whack the nail on the head there. I think you know we just didn't seem there. There was no energy. I mean, the second goal I think encapsulates our whole performance. When the guy went down, we just sort of stopped and gave up, and then they well it was a good finish. But if we were still alert and paying attention, we could have stopped it. Obviously, you ought to give credit to their keeper. I think he made a magnificent save off that uh, Rahmani chance, I believe it was, um, which could have changed the game if we'd have scored that, maybe given that extra boost to the to the Malaga team. But yeah, I just agree with Ben. I think no no commitment, no not not that extra oomph that you really need when you're when you're playing a team like Ponferradina, who are you know quite a strong team this season. They're they're above us on the table, so I think yeah, we're just lacking that that character. I think. Yeah, and Ponferradina now, we should add, are into sixth place into those playoff spots. So uh, Chris Pigeon's deal, um, sorry, deal, dream of Ponferradina being in the top league for their centenary year. You know, it could be back on. Chris, anything you want to add to the to the lads? You know, yes, so- we can't forget that uh, Ponferradina had a two-week off before this game. So they were uh, way fitter than we were. And uh, that's why I said we should drop the the cup as well, uh, because I think that's that's what I've noticed that Malaga didn't have the strength or the power um, to to give it all. Yeah, I think when like when you know I'm ready for this podcast, sometimes I do like to make the odd note when I'm watching the game, and just the word I wrote down more than anything was sloppy. And it just felt to me, I, I don't know if any of you guys have ever done this, where um, not even hung over, but say you've had a night out and then you play football the next day and your body just feels like you, your joints don't feel yeah. to move properly. We spoke we spoke with Brew Tucker about this. He said he quit yeah. playing football when yeah, uh, he, did, he went but... out partying. Uh, yeah, I, I do resonate with that. I mean, I hope the Malaga team weren't <laughs> out partying the night before the game against Ponferradina, but completely agree. That's did, did have what they looked like. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to like to clarify. I weren't accusing the team of that, but yes, you're right. Exactly, that's what it looked like to me. Anyway, <laughs> just every like first touch, you would sort of bounce off the player that extra yard, and then a Pompeiadina yeah. player would nip in, and but it's just frustrating. Don't, don't forget, it's a 42 match league. It's mm. it's of course it is one of the most the league with one of the most matches in Europe, probably in the world. It's it's crazy. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you could say that they're tired, though, but at the end of the day, we haven't won in six games, and we haven't won at home in three months, so you can't use that as an excuse for all those games as well. I mean, we need a win. uh, Yeah, but they're giving it all every week, and then it's 42 plus, um, how many games in the the Copa did we play? Three, four? Two. Three. Oh, three, sorry, yeah, three. Yeah, three, so it's it's plus three, then you you get to a 45... um, to 45 matches in uh, in one season. It's it's way too much for a Segunda Division team. Well, this is the other problem. Um, I should have said this at the start, but it's Ponferradina game. Talking about uh, 
um, long leagues. I, I, although it was a cup game, I watched Swansea earlier in the afternoon absolutely decimate Nottingham Forest 5-1 and play beautiful attacking football. So I thought, right, come on, Malaga, please make it a good day. So all, yeah, this, nice <laughs> so all the faults of Malaga stood out to me a lot more in this game than usual, just because Swansea had been so good in the in earlier in the day. But they do have a 46-game season in the Championship. And if you get to the yeah. playoffs, it's a, it's a tough old slog. But uh, yeah, you're right, Chris. Um, you know, these these teams, you know, they, they train to cope with this. But the difference with Malaga, I suppose, is a lot of these kids are playing their first, you know, full season as a and senior footballer. So I, I think you're starting to see that with Ramon mm-hmm. uh, uh, as an example. I mean, a, a, young, a young kid who's, who's definitely, his form has definitely been deteriorating recently. And it, like you say, it might just be because it's his first season playing that amount of games. It might be difficult. Yeah. And I agree. But... Um... Championships teams have like uh, a full squad. We have eighteen players. Yeah, I, that's, I'm totally agreeing with you. That and yeah, like I you agree. said, the and the, of those eighteen players, as I think Ben's just alluded to, like a lot of them are kids. And yeah. Ramon, I think, is the best example. I was going to bring him up later, but I thought uh, I think when Ben was saying what the problem was, we seem to be missing in midfield, and like even Luis Munoz, who I didn't think had was perhaps one of the better players but sort of it did pass him by a little bit but I can't really remember seeing Ramon much oh, I agree I, I like to think that Ramon and Lewis Munoz is probably our strongest combination in midfield but I mean compared to Pontreadina's midfield I mean shoot Oscar Sielva scored their first goal really really brilliant goal from outside the box I don't see any of our midfielders scoring a goal like that at the moment mm. um, and that, that, yeah like you said they just kept on losing their individual battles which definitely cost us yeah, the game, I think. And while we're talking, you know, let's 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 give a bit more credit to Ponferradina there because you. I was going to lead us into that goal, which, as you just said, Ben was a great goal. Uh, Alex, do you, do you want to give some love to the Ponfer? Well, I don't know if love's the right word. Do you want to praise Ponferradina's goal? I think. I mean, it was a fantastic finish. I think both goals were sort of, you know, worthy of note. I think. You know, the second goal, we probably could have done something about it if we were paying more attention. I think the we can't put too much fault on anyone for the set, uh, for the first goal. I think it was just a lovely finish. Maybe a bit of luck involved. Um, but yeah, nothing really shone out apart from the two finishes. They looked all right, but I think they were just better than Malaga on a really bad day for Malaga. Yeah, and also I want to, I think we both, I think we all, because... Uh, Certainly three of us here. I know Chris likes football shirts too, but three of us sort of collect football shirts. We're all like, that's a great kit Ponferradina we're wearing. So that, the goal looked even nicer in that nice orange kit. Yeah, I, thought, I don't normally like Adidas kits too much, but I, th- I thought that was a nice kit. It's a bit like Juventus's away shirt this season. Oh yeah, yeah. it's a good shout actually. Yeah, so, and I like that. Um, but anyway, they, obviously that goal was... Uh, actually, the, the, I suppose the only criticism of the goal could be that he did pop up on the edge of the box, completely unmarked, quite easy, and had plenty yeah, of time to I, hit I, it. I would agree. It was Alexander Gonzalez's yeah. side as well. Again, sorry, it was, um, and he was he was far away from his man. And also, I, I, I mean, I guess the players must have watched videos of Pom Ferradina in the week before the game. He's their top goal scorer. Why, why are we leaving him unmarked in that position of the pitch? Because he's it's clear that he's got the qualities and experienced player. Um, but yeah, well, it was a fantastic goal. I can't take anything away from him. Yeah, and then. Um... Chris, we there was one glimpse of light in that first half where Romani had a chance, which he somehow hit wide. Uh, but 
you know, was that a sign of how the game was going for us? It might have been offside in the end, but was there's that when you thought this isn't going to go well for us tonight? I then then at that point I thought, well, maybe this can be the 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 moment where the we turn around the game, but it really it really wasn't. So we were unlucky. Yeah, and it was a great pass from Juan De. I noticed to play in. Yeah, cracking I, I was going to mention that it was it was a very good pass. Yeah, beautiful through ball. So I did think, right, you know that bit. You know, Romani hits it wide. Pomferradina were not exactly hammering us. I thought, right, maybe half time we can get in there, have a bit of a word sorted out. Uh, Alex, did you see any improvements from the substitutions made or? Any tactical change in that second half, or is it just more of the same from Malaga? More of the same. I think one player, I think Mejias, I think obviously, yeah, like Ben said at the beginning, I think he started well. I think, you know, made the right changes. Obviously, Orlando Saar didn't have enough time to do much. Um, yeah, I just don't think any, because usually when you make a substitution, you think, oh, that'll bring some life into the game. Didn't really even notice much from uh, Quintana either. They're just more of the same. Maybe it was the attitude of the other players that were just sort of bringing them down, but no, no new inspiration or nothing, nothing to help get the team going. Yeah, because they were, um, you could say, they were all pretty attacking substitutions. Like Kaya Quintana came on for uh, Ramon and Cristo came on for Alexander. You could argue Cristo's a little bit more attacking, maybe. I don't know, that's all meant for debate, I guess. But because um, I know... We've said about Pellicer or Pellicer being a bit defensive, but he does try to open it. But yeah, I agree. I didn't see. Well, Chris or Ben, did you see any improvements from those substitutions? Yeah, I, I didn't see any more improvements. I would say, but it was probably pretty much similar to the first half performance. But what I would say is, Kai Quintana did have two shots. Uh, he did have. I think he had four touches inside their box, and he did. It was his header that set up that absolute sitter for Yanis Romani, uh, who headed it straight at the keeper. So, I mean, he played well against Granada as well, Kai Quintana. I think he did come on and maybe had a little bit, but not too much to shout home about. Yeah, and um, before perhaps... Well, no, let, let's go into the Pomfa goal, which I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. I'm just trying to go through in my head what the goal looked like. Chris, what, what did the goal look like? <laughs> is, it, is it like is it, they crept it in the... Didn't they? I, I can't remember. How did they score? No, it was it was a shot yeah. from outside the box. Oh, from yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, Lumban's fouled Yuri on the edge of the box, I think. And uh, yeah. all the players are just standing and watching that foul. The referee hasn't blown his whistle. And he, it's, it's another really nice goal, to be fair. Um, I, yeah. don't, I'm not, I don't think there's too much Danny Valio could do about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yes, yeah, I've clearly... Over the past few days, I've been erasing the memory from my brain. Have you had a drink or something, Matt? No, I'm not drinking, and that's the problem. Uh, (laughs) Still not? Wow. Three weeks now I've not been drinking. No Pacharan, no beer. Um, The bars have closed in Marbella today for, you know, for for two weeks, because we're on a sort of new lockdown. Um, So, yeah, I don't have to drink, and I survived this Malaga game without resorting to beer or Pacharan or pints of Pacharan. Um, well, we were we, we we were going to cover you uh, with the Pachara moment, but yeah. until now, only Alex had to do one. Well, I'm a bit worried because when I did go to the tavern on Saturday, Pam said to me, um, "Don't worry, we'll keep a tally of all the Pachara you miss out while you're not drinking over the next few weeks." And at the moment, I'm on one. I think for the Oviedo game, we drew. 
So yes. well, thought... hopefully by the end of the season you'll have a pint of it too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm you know I'm, I'm going to try and go till the middle of February when we have a half term in school. That's when I'm hoping things are a bit normal. I would have had a nice break then. Hopefully Malaga don't break my spirit and lead me to drinking more spirits. Uh, one person yeah. who is trying to stop me um, drinking again is Danny Barrio. Alex, do, do you want to say some nice things about Danny Barrio? Yeah, I think um, we'll talk more about the Chumbo and Mignaga later, but he's definitely one of the standout players. He made some fantastic saves. As Ben said, not much he could have done about the goal. One one player slightly off from Danny Barrio that I would like to have a go at is Luis Munoz. I, I feel like out of all the players that stopped and stood still for the second goal, he could have done the most. And it almost looked as if the teachers said, oh, wrap up, the PE lesson's finished, go indoors for lessons. And he's just had a, you know, an attempt at trying to block the ball, but it's not even as if he's trying his, his hardest. So, yeah, definitely not very happy with how he how he went about that. But, yeah, definitely all credit should go to Danny Badio. I think he, he kept it a 2-0 where it could have easily been maybe 3 or 4. Yeah, before Did we you... perhaps ask a bigger question about um, what the sort of end product of this game is, is there any other players... Chris or Ben, you want to well, mention good or bad? Um, I, I want to mention a player I thought had a mediocre game, to be honest. But um, he did he did generate two of our best chances of the game. Uh, Jackie Munoz, who I don't think is normally that efficient in the final third. He was played through by Duande, who he then set up Yanis Romani, um, whose chance were more likely to be done if it's offside or not. And for the sitter that Yanis headed at uh, their goalkeeper, it was uh, Jackie who played in the cross to Kaya, who then... So two decent balls, um, but he did give away the ball twenty-five times, which was the most in the game. Wow, uh, Chris, go on. What was you trying to say, Dan? Did you did you did you guys know that Danny Barrio is awarded in the top five um, yeah. with with the best uh, save of the of yeah. La Liga? Yeah. Yes, the I second saw. time that's happened as well in the yeah. last month, I think. Um, yeah. I got awarded it from from the Oviedo game as well. The last the save in the last minute. Yeah. Uh, in the Oviedo game. And yeah, that double save he made against Pomfredina from the original strike from Yuri was awarded in the top five as well. Yeah, he's um, well, he's, he's been excellent since uh, the turn of the year, and you know he's been good all season, I think. But he seems to be getting better, and he did not want Yuri scoring for some reason. He did not like Yuri, yeah. and he made sure he wasn't scoring. He didn't mind about the others. But um, Chris, I'm going to sort of come to a question you sort of asked just before we pressed record earlier, and I, I you know, I was going to throw it in there any anyway, but um. How worried should Malaga be after this game? Because obviously we've not had a good start to 2021 and we've said a couple of times, oh, you know, we've got enough points in the bag already. But how worried are you at the way things are going at the moment? I think those points are coming to an end, the advantage we had. Um, We're in 15th position now, I believe. Yes, that's correct. Um, And Albacete is even winning... Games now? Yeah. I believe so. Well, I can tell you, Chris, just for you, we're six points off the playoffs still, not well, to get too optimistic, and seven yes. points off the relegation places. So the next few games could be decisive. Yes. I don't care about uh, playoffs. I care about not relegating more mm. than, than playoffs. Um, but I, I'm, I'm worried because it has been a long time ago since we won a game. So I think we shouldn't think about playoffs at all. Uh, and and start to worry us well, and it's even more um, and that's my question to you guys for this week and to all our listeners if you uh, you can you can always uh, send your uh, your opinion when when is it time to to think about maybe replacing Peggy Sir or when is it 
I, I still, uh, I mean, I'm a bit confident in him because he, he he managed last season to get us through. But but when is it time to think about that? I mean, my my argument to that is is uh, which I saw I saw from someone on Twitter or Instagram was some we, a lot of fans were talking about the potential of that. But who who would we replace? It would be probably someone from the the youth setup as well. I mean, we don't have the money to bring in a top class manager. And I don't think a top-class manager would even want to take over Malaga. I mean, there's a lot of issues at the club still that need resolving. And so who is the better man than Pellicer to take us forward? Yeah, that, that, you've taken the words out of my mouth there, Ben. I, I, uh, that's exactly was going to be my point. Um, and Pellicer's defence, um, in his defence, sorry, he is in, he's inherited a better situation than he inherited when he took over about this time last year. So... He can do it. I still have faith in him. Like you said, Chris, I think there's no point looking towards those playoff places. I think not through the fault of the players or the manager. It's just the squad is not quite there yet. Um, but my worry is I, I I had a bit of a flashback and I was going to mention this on the podcast. And actually, I noticed Iskassi mentioned it in an interview today or yesterday. Is the concept of I'm calling doing a Numancia. Because I remember yeah, going to... I, I went to watch Malaga Numancia last season, um, which I think was about February, and it was when Adrian scored the last minute winner when we were one nil down and we won two one. And Numancia were ta- uh, chasing playoffs at the time, so they were in a much better position than us. And obviously, they had Danny Barrio, Escasi, Calero. They had a few of our players in the squad now. So it's whether you you think having those players that got relegated last year is a good thing or as Iskassi, I think, was trying to say in his interview in one of the papers this week, he's telling the players, like, look, this is what happened last year. Can, yeah. we, not, can we not do it again? <laughs> so, oh, I, I think that's got to be a good thing. I yeah. think they've got to learn from it. And, and having that experience in the squad of someone who has been relegated, I, I think I think that is important. And hopefully it can um, prove, prove to be beneficial for us. I mean, like, like you both said, I'm, I'm not focusing on the playoffs now. I'm simply focusing on match by match and getting some points on the board because as it stands, we're the third worst team in the league on form. I mean, we've, we've drawn three of our last five, lost the other two. The only two, the only team worse than us is Cartagena. Um, the Gunners are worse than us, but they've only played four games. Okay, let's try and wrap up talking about this horror show of a game for Malaga. Just one or two things quickly to mention. Uh, quite an interesting one. Ivan Rodriguez, obviously formerly of Malaga, playing for Pomferradina now. He put a sort of victory post on Instagram, which former Malaga player Alex Muller replied with revenge, which obviously Alex Muller left in not the best circumstances for Malaga. Uh, but he has since apologised and explained that the revenge comment was aimed at the the former the former people at the club, we'll say, are not at our fans or the current leadership team at Malaga and was very sorry, but I thought it was quite, I thought that was quite funny actually, but um, I know some people got quite annoyed with it. And yeah, let's just go straight into it and let, let's do our Chumbo and Biznaga. And I think, um, should we do Biznaga first, just for a change? Because I think it seems we should probably, I think there's only one contender here and I, I'm sorry guys, you, you're not allowed to pick a Ponferradina player. So, uh, there's one contender for me, so I'll just say mine, and I think I'm thinking you guys will say the same. I'm going to say Danny Barrio, which for reason we already explained. So, Alex, what about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I think there's there's not many other players. Maybe Christian can get a mention, mm. but I think Danny Barrio's got to get it. 
Yeah, Christian, I thought was, we not mentioned him, he did okay. I thought Mejias at the start was quite good and I made a note of him, but he fell by the wayside. Uh, ben, what about you? Uh, yeah, my one's Danny Barry, obviously, for his double save. Uh, I think the game could have been more goals, to be honest. It could have been three or four to Pomfredina. Uh, but like Alex said, I would definitely mention Christian. I, I did make some notes on him. He was our most creative player in the game. He had 21 passes in the final third and had the most crosses into the box at 10. So he was definitely our only sort of hope going forward with maybe Yanis and um, Joachim Munoz. Yeah, he had that quite sort of nice volley as well, didn't he? But he hit it straight at the keeper. And it's one yeah, of those ones where... Yeah, a good point, actually. That was early on in the yeah, game, yeah. If he got a bit more dip on it and a bit higher, that was one of those ones when... Because when he hit it, I thought, that's in. And you almost, and, you almost when he hits that, you think yeah. it's such a clean hit, yeah. you just want it a bit more messy yeah. and it goes in. And then it was like, oh, never mind. It's yeah. got straight down the keeper's throat. Um and then Chris Biznaga, anyone apart from Danny Barrio? Um, yeah, Biznaga for Danny Barrio, obviously. Well, we should. Um, I really can't think of anyone else to pick. We should. Um, we should have kept the tally from the start of the season because I think Danny Barrio might even be our front runner. I'll, I'll go back and make a list. I think Danny Barrio might be the front runner though. I've, definitely since Christmas. Yeah, definitely because I think even when. Not all of us have picked him. I think someone's always picked him. And even with four there. Uh, anyway, uh, Chumbo, I think, again, I'll just say mine straight out. We mentioned him already. I thought Ramon was just not very good today um, in this game. Uh, ben, I think you might agree from what you said earlier. I don't know if you're going to pick him Yeah, I think, I think we agree on a lot of them, Matt. Uh, mine is Ramon. Um, he received the ball. and I, I, He only recovered the ball five, four times, which for a midfielder isn't enough. Um, he made 18 passes in that first half with only a completion rate of 78%, which you also don't want from a midfielder, especially when you think of Ramon with his passes generally not being long passes. Uh, I think he lost the ball a few times and he didn't win any tackles and he lost all his aerial duels. So, yeah, he he definitely wasn't at the races uh, at the weekend. Yeah, and he had holes in the back of his socks because apparently that's a thing. Yeah, right? I tweeted about that, <laughs> but yeah, he did, he did have holes. Apparently that's <laughs> something to do with muscle compression, but we'll, we'll leave that for yeah. a physiotherapist podcast. I uh, think it's just a uh, superstition, maybe. All right, yeah. No, apparently a few players, I think Gareth Bale does it as well, I read. Yeah, Bale does do it. Um, Alex, anyone different? No, I mean, it probably just mentioned the whole defence, apart from <laughs> one day, really. I think they're all pretty, pretty awful. Lomban didn't impress me, but I think either it's between Ramon, maybe uh, Gonzalez as well. I just didn't think he was at it really. Obviously, I know he's still settling in, and you know, time will tell whether he's a, a decent player for Malaga. But yeah, I think it's between him. I think I'll go with Gonzalez for the second variety. Yeah, I think he might have been my second choice actually for this. And then Chris to wrap up this pretty downbeat review of the game. I would say Joaquin. Okay. I, I really didn't like him. Okay, there you go. <laughs> nice and nice and to the point there. Yeah, it wasn't his um, not as he, he tried a bit more than others, and but yeah, he, he was he was sloppy again. He was one of the but main culprits. I always think about Joaquin. He always tries, uh, mm. but yeah, he sometimes his touch isn't perfect, um, and he might he might be too fast for his own good sometimes. Yeah. I think as well. He's sort of like uh, reminds me of a young Raheem Sterling. Yeah, sometimes. Right, but it's then, even worse if somebody tries but mm. doesn't succeed, right? Yes, that's about Possibly, yeah, that, that's a, a philosophical question right there. But we, we won't dwell on that one now. We are going to move on. Uh, let, let's put this game to bed. 
and move on because we have coming up this weekend our favourite club apart from Pomferradina who we like to talk about on this podcast is the mighty Alcorcon and we will be joined by Alex O'Brien to talk all things about them. So we are not going to talk about Ponferradina anymore. We've had enough of that game. We are looking ahead. And looking ahead means Alcocon. I'm delighted that he's joining us again. It is the lad who puts the cork in Alcocon. It is Alex O'Brien, who is tonight going to be called Alcocon Alex to differentiate. So Alex, how are you doing, my friend? Hi, lad. How are things? Uh, thanks for having me back on. And uh, that was a great intro, Matt. Thank you very much for that. Has anyone thought of the cork in Alcock Cork joke before? Uh, it was the first no, time I've heard that. I was happy. I was happy with that one. I, I, I saw that one earlier. <laughs> it all fell into place earlier. This is this is why I'm paid to be an English teacher, for these crappy <laughs> jokes. Um, obviously, Alex, it's been a long time. You were on here, when were you on here? Maybe August last year? Yeah, it was August yeah. or July. Yeah, it was around that time. I think I was scheduled to be on around November time as well, but uh, you chose due the money. to uh, complications, <laughs> I was unable to attend. Yeah, the complications mean you took the money and went to work instead. Which <laughs> we don't pay you, so we understood. Um, but last time you were on, Alex, it was a very important game for Malaga because obviously they were playing Alcocon, who at the time were had one of the best away records in Europe, not just Spain. And Malaga needed to win to stay in the league, which, of course, they did. Um, you know, was was you happy with that result that Malaga are still in the league? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, as you know, I have a bit of a connection to Malaga also. So I was all, like, they're a huge team. They're a huge team. So like, if if they dropped down to Segunda Bay, they would have been a huge loss too. To the professional leagues in Spain. Yeah, and obviously that game was the Juanpi goal and the, the Tete Morente twirl goal. So that was a fun. I just wanted to mention that game, I think. Um, <laughs> we should say, Alex, because it has been so long, um, I'll just quickly sum up. So the reason you support Alcocon is you went, you lived in Madrid for about a few months, didn't you? Like part of your university course, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then I know you did quite a lot of, you know, you got in with the ground hopping gang in Madrid a little bit, didn't you? And saw a lot of Madrid and you, you ended up with Alcocon. Um, and and I think we were just talking before you came on. We think Alcocon might have been the most discussed club on this podcast outside Malaga because of Chris's views on them. So, Chris, now Alcocon <laughs> are bottom of the league. Have, have you have you changed your mind on them? Um, great, great club. Uh, <laughs> loads of history. Um, they have been the top club, um, if you consider in... In historical uh, Spanish clubs, they have been like, I don't know, they're, they're the key for Spanish football. One of the most historic clubs on the south suburb of Madrid. Um, and obviously, no, Alex. I'm, I'm, I'm joking, sorry. <laughs> and obviously, <laughs> our other Alex has got a, a bit of a soft spot for Alcocon because he lived near there. I'm, I'm right in saying Malika, Alex. Yeah, I, I used to live in a little town called Villavicioso de Adon, which is about a 15-minute bus ride from Alcocon, and I used to go and watch their games. Um, I can't remember how many times I saw them, but yeah, I saw them at home a few times, uh, so it was my sort of local team when I was living out there. 
And, and that was actually the university I studied at in Villa Viciosa. Oh. Oh. The uh, Universidad Europea. Yeah, uh, see. <laughs> There you go, University Europa friends right here. Fun, fun fact <laughs> about that one, I do believe uh, Victor Sanchez del Amo um, did a few talks at that university. Yeah, they've, um, they have a lot of connections right, with, with Real Madrid as well, um, so there was always stuff going on. And even I, I used to play with the university team there, and uh, there was a, a few ex Alcorcon players in that squad too, so I, I was way above my league, but <laughs> uh, it's still an experience like. Um, ben, you, you know, you're the only one. You're, you're a bit like me, I think. You're all quite new to this Segunda football stuff. Do you have any strong views on Alcocon or have you not had time to make any views yet? Uh, I do a bit about Alcocon. I, I quite like the, I like, I like the smaller teams from the bigger cities normally. I mean, it's quite interesting to see a smaller team that, uh, uh, I mean, have been in Segunda for, I think, the last majority of the last 10 seasons as well. Um and I, I quite like their stadium. It's nice and bright and yellow. I quite like the stands. It, it's double tiered, which for a small stadium, stadium is quite interesting. Um, and yeah, I quite like their kicks as well. I, I don't mind them. I'm not. I'm not against them just because <laughs> they haven't got any history. Um, I think it's I, I, I'm not against them. <laughs> but anyway, should we should we talk about the Alcocon of this season because that is the team uh, Malaga will be coming up against. So. Alex, obviously, we, I've just mentioned Alcocon at bottom of the table. I know you you told me you've been watching most of their games this season. Um, just before the season started, was this sort of forecasted, them being right down there at the bottom? Because obviously they had quite a good season last year. Um, obviously lost Stoichkov, who was scoring all the goals for you. What was the, what was the ambition this season before it started? Well, um, we had a new head coach in uh, Mera... Mera, who was ex-Fuenlabrada, but um, obviously the, the squad he brought in, in my opinion, just um, they weren't up to standards required. Uh, losing Stoichkov, who was our main goal source last season, and um, didn't replace him with any say quality talent at the end of the um, in the forward line. So there, we were missing that gap anyway. Um, and then going into the season, obviously. You're going to be optimistic. New head coach and a new squad, and uh, we got a lot of players uh, tied down to two, three-year deals as well. Um, but it's just been awful. I mean, even last night, um, the uh, Alcocon Albacete last night, it was just brutal to watch. It was, it was so poor, and even to lose against a team that was below you in the table to send us rock bottom, it was just brutal. Um, I did quickly watch the highlights of that just when I got home from work as a little bit of homework. Uh, the one thing I took from that game was if um, the Albacete second goal, the guy doing his celebration pretending to be like a velociraptor, which I've enjoyed. So I recommend that. Well, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it was really bizarre. But if you've not seen that, um, I know you probably yeah. won't want to watch it again, Alex. So, um, But yeah, you said about goals there. Obviously, Stoichkov was your man last year. I, I did notice you've only scored 13 goals this season, I think I'm right in saying, which is seven less than Malaga, which is, you know, we're not exactly the most, you know, goals aren't exactly flying in for us. Um, it was a big issue mid-season um, with COVID at Alcocon, was it? Do, do you think that's had an impact at all in sort of disrupting your season? Well, um, so it, it was around the time we played Mallorca. Um, the three games before um, we played Mallorca were all postponed. Um, and we the game against Mallorca then featured a 
found a, a side that that had um, a few of our uh, Agrocon B players along with the first team as well. Uh, but obviously, when you look at where Mallorca are on the table, they, they beat us well. And uh, obviously, I think Mera coming in, um, Amere coming in, it just it didn't work out. You know, we weren't meant for each other. And even with uh, Ankela coming in now, and results have picked up, but... It's just, I, I, I don't know whether this squad is good enough to, to get us to the end of the season. Yeah, I, I did really... I mean, I was quite surprised by your game the other night against um, Fuenlabrada. I, th- I thought you didn't play too bad and I was surprised with the score last night against Albacete. Yeah, the game against Fuenlabrada, I actually thought we were the team on top and, and I'm actually unsure of where Fuenlabrada are in the table, but I know that they're, they're in a much healthier position than we are. Um, but we actually gave them a good game in my opinion, and I thought we should have scored. Oscar Rivas had a, a great uh, open header chance, and he had, he had it well away. That yeah. was disappointing. But. Um, but the new guy, the new manager, um, Ante, I was saying, Ankela, sorry, uh, he said in his interview yesterday, I read, that this Alcocon team is much better than it's producing at the moment. There's a bit of a warning to Malaga, maybe. Them. Would you agree with that? I actually would. I think we've some players on paper that are that are very talented. Hugo Freyle, um who scored for us yeah. last night against Albacete, he he's a top top player. He he was um I was uh, well chuffed when we acquired him for this season. Um, we have Oscar Rivas on the wing. Even up top, we have Mark Gual, who was um, mm. at Castilla, yeah. Real Madrid Castilla last season. Uh, I think I believe he's our top scorer this season. But it's only, uh, I think he only has uh, three or four goals. Um, yeah, yeah, he's so, a goal scorer. Yeah. Um, he, he's kind of hot and cold, though. You don't know what type of player you're going to get from him. Like, he could he could be on fire and score. Um, I think, I, I can't remember the game. But he, I know he scored two goals. It was actually for our first win of the season. And um, he was on fire that day. And then, even last night, he, was, he, might, as well, he might as well have not been on the pitch. You know, he was really quiet. Yeah, um, and when you're when you're in a relegation dogfight like we are, you know, you need players to commit, and you need players that will give their all. And he just didn't seem like he had his all last night. Uh, so, what sort of team, like what sort of style, will we be coming up against on the weekend? Considering you are the the home team. Uh, well, the style kind of changes a lot. To be fair, um, even going. With a four-two-three-one kind of formation. Well, last night they did, but then against Fenerbahce it was four-four-two. So I think it'll be a long ball game. I think, in my opinion, even at home. Um, so um, I have much much of Malaga this season. I must be. I must be honest. Uh, so if you try to get the ball down on the floor, and, and you could easily play around us. I think like um, we've we've a defence that's low in confidence. We've an attack that's low in confidence. You know, it is an opportunity for you to pick up three three points. Well, that, that's music to our ears, but um, I don't, I don't know. Would would any of you guys say we are a team that puts it on the floor and passes it around? I, I don't know what we do at the moment, to be honest. With you. Um, away from home, probably not. Um, I think at home we we definitely have more possession of the ball at home. But away from home, I mean, I'd, I'd like to be a team that can come and just dominate the game against you. I mean, we we are better away from home, but I mean, we haven't won six games. I mean, the form table suggests that. 
it might be a win for you, but then you, you are bottom of the table. I mean, you're looking at two teams. It's definitely going to be a dogfight at the weekend. It's it's not going to be one for the football romantics, that's for sure. Um, Alex, you know, since as in Al- not Alcocon, Alex Malaga, Alex. Obviously, you know, you've got a bit of history of Alcocon. How do you feel about this game? Do you think this is an opportunity as? Alcocon, Alex has just said that it's three points for Malaga. I I'm a bit wary because obviously Malaga have been playing pretty awfully recently, and it's one of those ones. I think I, I saw one of our tweets today that you know in the last however many games Malaga have picked up one fewer point than Alcocon, so it's obviously not a, a, an easy game. It's going to be a challenge, and obviously you know Malaga are not going through the best of form at the moment. So I think it will be an interesting. Dogfight. I don't want to say a relegation dogfight because you know I don't want to drag us into that conversation just yet. But yeah, I don't, I'm not taking anything for granted. But that's for sure. Alex, just Alcocon, Alex, <laughs> just to differentiate once again. I, we need to get some different names on this podcast soon. Sid Lowe was great, wasn't we'll he? Ben. <laughs> Sid was our first non-Alex Ben or Chris and Age. Oh no, we haven't had a Ben yet. Ben, try and get. That's why. That's why we ask Sidlow on the yeah, show. Yeah, that's the only reason we got like, him. <laughs> like, like the king of Spanish football and journalism. No, because he had a different name. Yeah. So anyone that's, that's not called him. Alex, Matt or Chris, you know, you're welcome on any time. Um, Alcocon, Alex, I've got a good stat for you here. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. I did a little bit of homework. Um, and this is a weird stat. That apparently Alcocon only have 28 yellow cards, which, you know, that sounds okay. That might not mean anything. But compared to the rest of the league, then you've got Espanyol on 37, and then the rest of the league are all in the 40s. It seems a remarkably low amount of yellow cards. So I'm not sure if that's a sign of not being quite naive, maybe. I, I don't know. But are, are we on top, Matt? I don't. I think in the middle, there's lots of like fifty. Yeah, but I just thought they really stand out on this table, and I just thought I don't know. Is there any anything in that? I don't know if you've got any views on that, Alex. Uh, Maybe it's their uh, inability to get close to the opposition (laughs) players. Wow, (laughs) I I think think as well. uh, I I noticed this in the game against um, Juan Ferradino at the weekend. Little things like standing over a ball in, to prevent it being taken quickly from a free kick and pulling the player's shirt back when they're on the attack. Malaga don't do it, and maybe that's the reason why. I mean, you'd like your team to do it, especially when you're in a relegation battle. I know it is gamesmanship, but it, do, it does get results. It does stop dangerous plays. Did you just say Malaga in a relegation battle, Ben, or was you talking about Alcocon? <laughs> I was talking about alcohol. Oh, I, I, I think that's strange because I, I used to remember that when I played football, um, was when, when we played relegation zone teams, you'd had to watch out for your ankles every week hmm. because they were so frustrated and, I don't know, yeah. not, 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 not having a good season. So hmm. Frustration. You get frustrated and yeah. it usually leads to more bookings and sendings off but it just stood out so much I thought there must be you know when it stands out that much there must be a reason behind it maybe you're right Alex maybe it is I don't know a bit of naivety or they're just not good enough and not getting near players which no, you, you know better I, than um, me. I know I've been being a bit negative here but I, I think maybe um, like they're going to look to try kickstart something you know and I know that you could win three games now and you could be out of the relegation zone and even push for a mid-table finish but um, the, the squad really needs to get together you know to, judging by from talking to a couple of the players they're all um, about this like 
oh, we're still looking towards the end goal. But like, you know, there's 20 games left, 20 finals left, as uh, Zidane would say. Yeah. And uh, they really need to kind of pull the finger out. But in 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 in, in Cone's defense, twenty finals is like a lot. <laughs> a lot can change in twenty yeah. finals. That is true, Chris. That is true. And we, we should... can even end up being in first position, probably. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind it, man. I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the push is on. Um, just while we're talking about statistics as well, I think this is a good point to sort of segue into a bit of Malaga. And Ben, I'm going to come straight to you because we are, we are away from home in this game. So we will be wearing our yellow shirt. Do you want to tell us why that might be more significant? Oh, will we be wearing we'll, our yellow shirt, actually? We'll be wearing our purple. I do, uh, yeah. I think oh, no, we won't. We'll be wearing the purple. I and... mean, the purple and pink one is... Uh, the, purple, the purple and green one, sorry, is still a very good shirt as well in the statistics. Okay, give uh, us the, the statistics. The purple and green shirt is actually... One, uh, when we played in purple and green, we've won 50% of our games. When we played in yellow, we've also won 50% of our games. But the only difference is that we played more times in the yellow. So we've won three times wearing the yellow and twice wearing the purple and green. Um, we haven't actually drawn in the purple and green yet, which may show that it might be an exciting game as well, hopefully for us. Um, but, I mean, we definitely don't want to play in the blue and white. Yeah. Avoid this, that at all costs. I think we're the only uh, football podcast out there that analyses games through shirt choice. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's not our fault. I think... Um, it has it has become a thing in in whole Malaga. Everyone is talking about the the yellow bringing more luck than the other one. But to be honest, it it it, it isn't right. Uh... Yeah, and and it doesn't help the as we suggested earlier when we were talking about the Ponferradina kit. I think I I think three of us on here especially like football shirts, and I know um, Alcocon Alex is with us now who also likes football shirts. So we're gonna get. Drawing. I, I love football. I know shirts, you do. I know you do as well. I know. You know what the thing is? I always think they're too expensive. Yeah. Second hand ones on. Yeah, they can be the new ones. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's enough of football shirts. Let's um, let's just get a bit of Malaga in there, just to sort of wrap this bit up. Uh, Alex, as in Malaga, Alex. Uh, what would you change from this last game? Because we spoke earlier that we thought before the Ponferradina game, this was that was our best eleven, and evidently it was not. Or I don't know. Would you give it another go again, maybe with a week's rest? What What would you change, maybe? I think I would like to see both Escassi or Lomban rested, or just you know taken out of the team for yeah. however long, maybe the rest of the season. Um, mm. And I think Mejias moving back to centre back. Uh, is the right move because although he does a job at right back, I don't think it's his natural position. Um, keep keep at it with Rahmani. Uh, hopefully, Chavaria can get back to his uh, match sharpness and um, maybe start Quintana and you know see how both of those work up front because uh, I know we played them a few times together, but you know it's never worked properly. So I think you know just make a few changes. Don't stick with the same team and maybe go with a different formation. I think. I like the the look of the diamond four four two with a wider midfield and maybe someone just in front of the defence, not Luis Munoz, maybe Escassi just playing in that CDM role. So yeah, a few changes to be made there. 
Yeah, we've not talked about the Iskassian midfield idea for a long time. I think that's the first time it's been mentioned in weeks, actually. So, yes. Yeah, that's fun. We have, we have one small problem. Go on. Iskassian has a concussion. Ah, yeah. But he's training, isn't no, no, he? No, it was found today that he's like, OK, he's back in training now. It was just a step. Okay. Oh, yeah, because I, um, I cured mixed things. What about you then, Chris? What would you perhaps change for this game? Well, uh, Luis Munoz isn't playing because of his uh, booking against yeah. uh, Ponferradina. Yeah, I would try playing with Escassi on the midfield. And then uh, probably play uh, at the back with Mejillas and Juande, maybe? Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I agreed with what Alex said and you've just said. I, I, yes. would, I think Mejillas is a bit... I think he's slowly getting much better, and I think there's a really good footballer in there, actually. So, um, again, I, I'm just being my Venezuelan bias. I seem to like our Venezuelan players, as we've learned over recent podcasts. But, yeah, I, I think he's a good player. I, 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 I don't know who I should put on the back back's position. On the Because fullback. I don't think Matos is ready yet. No. No, Matos is not ready yet. He might be included in the squad, uh, which was reported, but uh, I doubt he'll start the game. Yeah, you could go Cristo on the left back and maybe Alexander right back, but he's you know but, he had that great game against Oviedo and then sort of not been quite as good in the two games since, has he? I'm not really oh. fond of um, of what's his name of uh, Cristo. Cristo, yeah. I quite like him. I think he gets up the pitch. I'm no, not saying. I'm not, came on and played really well the other yeah. day. Um, I think he. I think he was much better than Alexander Gonzalez. Yeah. Well, go. We'll go to you then, Ben. Anything you would suggest? Pace should change for this game to take on the mighty Alcocon. Uh, I quite like the idea of Mejias and Juande together at the back. A young combination. So I think at the end of the day, Lombard and Escassi have cost us this season, and I think it might be their age. I, I without being too mean um, I think like Alex said a couple of times it is like two defenders in wheelchairs um, and I do I do notice one mistake from them both every game um, so, so might, but, then, but then we could have the opposite problem of immaturity um, in, in, in the game this week and if we play both of them at the back um, I would maybe like to see a different combination in centre midfield as well and maybe take Luis Munoz out and maybe play the youngster Alberto Quintana, or maybe start Christian in centre midfield again. But sometimes he's not up for the fight as well, so um, it's difficult. I thought the game, I thought the tip lineup we played the other day was quite a good lineup, but it proved not to be. Yeah, um, um, and Alcocon, Alex, have, have you had any opportunity to watch Malaga this season or not? Because I know you said you do quite like them. I've been, a, uh, I know, we're in a, a bit of a global pandemic, but I've been really, really busy. So. <laughs> Any, any football I get to watch, I'm tough with. Uh, I, I try to watch uh, Alpha Conte as much as possible, uh, and I've got I've gotten lucky now over the last couple of weeks. I've seen I've seen most of their last games, most of last, uh, a lot of their um, last games uh, to my despair. <laughs> yeah, and obviously you've got Cork City and uh, Arsenal to juggle as well. So there's a yeah, there's enough. Really, are you an Arsenal fan? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I I. I think I might have spoken before about probably my favourite player in Spain last season was Martin Odegaard. So we're recording this on the day he is signed for Arsenal on loan. So I, I say I'm very excited yeah, to see him in the Premier signing. League, but equally I'm a bit sad that he's not in Spain anymore. But there you go. Um, I, I don't know Odegaard. Yeah. I, 
Well, that, that, that's for the Real Sociedad podcast or, or Real Madrid podcast, I suppose. Or, or maybe Arsenal fan TV. Or, um, or the Hero Fan podcast. Yes, of course. Yeah, he's there. Um, and if you want to go real hipster, the Stroms a Gadet podcast. Stroms <laughs> <laughs> But that's really niche, um, coming from a niche podcast right here. Um, do we want to do predictions? I hate doing predictions, but I don't know if anyone wants to have a punt. One all. <sighs> Good old Alex, sensible as ever. Always with his one-all. 3-1 uh, um, Malaga. 3-1? Oh, nah, you're exaggerating. <laughs> Go on then, Chris. 1-0 Malaga. Okay, uh, and Alex, do you, do you have any hope for Alcocon? I, I'm, I'm an optimist, right? Yeah. I know I've been a bit depressing on the podcast tonight, but uh, I think we've got a 1-0 Alcocon win. Okay, right. Is um, just before we finish this part up, and uh, sorry, finish this off. Is there any any other questions anyone wants to ask about alcohol yes. to Alex? Oh, go on, then, Chris. Finally. <laughs> so, Alex, you did seven marathons in seven days. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, ten days. In ten days. I had three twelve-hour shifts in between. Oh well. How? <laughs> Uh, that's a really good question. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one too, though. It was it was so long, man. It was so long. But like, you know, there's only so many podcasts you can listen to, and <laughs> yeah, uh, it was just a bit of fun, really. Fun. fun. <laughs> I, I think it, it's it's like I, I said it earlier to you. It's my deepest respect. I I don't know. It's. A crazy thing you did, but for a really good cause because you uh, raised money for a hospice, and I yeah, think that and, uh, um, you know they kind of the animal hospice they take in um, say terminally ill uh, yeah. people and they kind of have a good send off for them. Uh, so they're a charity close to my heart and uh, my family's heart. So uh, it was good to help them out, and they, I know that they appreciated it as well. So maybe maybe um, when the weather improves here in Ireland, there might be another challenge. Excellent. Um, well, hopefully as well. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to echo what Chris said. It was an incredible effort. I think I think I threw a few pounds your way when you did it. To, to you didn't do yeah, so. which, um, which I hope made a little bit of difference. Um, and yeah, actually, the, uh, just going to what you said about running, I, I, I try to run 10K and I usually get a podcast in. And I was just thinking when you when you mentioned that, actually, I do love listening to podcasts. So maybe marathon is good for that. But I, I don't, I think the I might lose the enjoyment of the podcast with that much running. Uh, any plans, Alex? Are, are we going to get you over to Spain anytime soon? Are you, when, you know, when the world changes, are you going to get yourself to Estadio Santo Domingo? Uh, well, I think once um, it's safe to travel and stuff, I kind of want to see a bit more Spain. I, I, I've been to La Razaleda, but I haven't um, seen a game there. So yeah. sitting in the away end at La Razaleda is probably something on my bucket yeah. list. On the away end? No. <laughs> no. There you go. Well, hopefully we'll we'll get you over to Spain sometime soon. And I, I, I can show you the home end of La Rosaleda and, may, and maybe we can go to watch Marbella as well they, who knows they could be, even be in the Segunda by then could have a derby um, so yeah I'd like to just say thank you for joining us again Alex and you know hopefully 
Alcocon can stay in the Segunda so we can have you back on. Hopefully Malik is staying in the Segunda too, should add, because <laughs> it's not all sealed up for us. So thank you, Alex. And Thanks for having me on, guys. Honestly, uh, I, I listen every week and it's brilliant. Like It's brilliant to get coverage for Segunda because uh, it's hard to get, say, English, good English speakers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one. I'm the worst English speaker. Oh, uh, no, thanks for having me on, guys. Great to see you again. Yeah, and Alex, what you know, if you want to follow Alex on what's your Twitter? I can't remember. Uh, it's at Alexis O'Brien forty eight. Yes, and you 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 change your name a bit. You're you're no, calling yourself I, Alejandro I now. One kind of strictly for football, and then <laughs> another and uh, women and drink. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Right. Okay. So we're going to finish up this podcast uh, right here. So, um, Chris, you've got some just quick good news just before we go off um, about our FIFA friend. Yes, but it, it's not so good news. Um, um, Brute Tucker just finished his first match and it ended in a 3-3 draw. Uh, he uh, won the first match uh, with 3-1, three great goals, and then he uh, lost the second with uh, 2-0 against Espanyol. But... Um, He's playing in 20 minutes again, so um, yeah. let's hope he wins against all of us. Vamos Brutaka, indeed. Um, right, any, any of you got anything to add before we go? Uh, Alex, anything you want to say? Vamos Malaga and vamos Alcocom for there the rest of the go. season. Ah, oh, that's very nice of you, Alex. Um, and obviously your mate Jack Harper was there, so, you know, um, a vamos Jack Harper for you as well, I'm sure. But he, yeah. he was at Alcocom, was he? I haven't got that wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's played 13 times. So. Yeah, okay. And and Ben, anything from you to finish with? Vamos uh, Malaga, and uh, thank you, Alex, for being on the podcast. Thanks, Ben. And whoever's pouring a drink there. Is that you, That's Chris? Me. Yeah, okay. Well, Chris, I hope you enjoy your drink, and I hope you've all enjoyed listening to our podcast you've been listening to the geary cast on sport direct radio i've been matt harrison adios and as always vamos malaga <laughs>